Oh, hello. The Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Monk, and the only podcast that is just finishing going through every episode of Monk. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jake Christie, joins always by Andre. Andre, how are you? Hey, Jake. I'm good, man. Uh, just got home from work, and I'm ready to monk a little bit, maybe for yes. the last time. Yes. And we're not here to monk alone. Um, you know, no one monks alone is the important thing to know. But we're joined, once again, um, by the creator of Monk, the wonderful... Andy Breckman. Andy, thank you so much for joining us as we finish up the series. Uh, well, thank you. Happy to be here. Congratulations on your on your journey, finishing your journey. I guess we spoke about a year ago. Is that right? Yes, that's about right, I think. Yeah, um, it was I like June, you. I think. Yeah. I missed you guys very much. Well, we missed you too. We definitely talked a lot about what you were thinking in times. There are definitely some jokes where, you know, it'd be like, uh, you know, next time we get on, there were probably like six or seven times you were like, next time we get Andy on, we should ask him. And I don't remember any of those times we said that. But, um, you know, I think that uh, I want Andre to talk first because obviously I had watched the show before. And I remember when we had you on last, you were really curious to see how Andre would feel about the show as a whole. And so, Andre, how do you feel? Oh, that's that- right. As, oh, that's right. It was new. Okay. I remember yeah. it now. Yes. You, uh, you, Jake, you had seen Monk one or two times before. We, I grew up with it. You really. were, you yeah. were, yeah, you grew up, you were a fan. But Andre was new to the series. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously, like, when I started this, um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't know, I, I knew kind of, like, how it was going to go, like, a little bit. Like, I kind of understood that it was, like, a new thing every week. It wasn't, like, a continuous, like... You know, there's like one storyline that plays out throughout the whole series, basically. Um, so it felt very much like, you know, episodic television. Um, but what I didn't expect was like, to be quite honest, uh, to be moved to like, you know, tears by the end of it. Even though like, I rarely, rarely got like super emotional about it, like during the run of the actual show. Um, but just like the end was just, the last season was like pretty like coming to terms with all that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I always tell Jake, I'm like, thanks for picking me to do this because like I don't think I would have ever like no disrespect but I don't know if I ever would have like done that on my own and like just like sought it out just because I don't know it and, just like and you and I nobody... you and I probably never you and I probably never would have met if it wasn't <laughs> yeah that too I brought yeah. two Andy B's together <laughs> that's yeah. right so well um we 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 were very fortunate well we were fortunate in many ways but in one way we were fortunate is that we knew at the end of season seven, we were told that uh, that season eight would be uh, uh, the end of the show. We knew it was going to end. So we had a year to tie any loose uh, ends together, you know, to wrap up any storylines and tie loose ends together and, and think about how we wanted the finale to work for us. So it, it, uh, it wasn't abrupt, like a lot of series, I think, you know, the ending is kind of abrupt. And, uh, and you just left hanging. We had a year uh, uh, knowing uh, knowing we had uh, 16 episodes to, to do, to go. So Wait, but did, we took so advantage you, of that. Did you have more in the tank, like planned? Did you leave anything on the cutting room floor? Well, it's a good, it's a good question. If, if they had said, uh, if they had said you have another two seasons, uh, I think we could have done that. We would have just pushed everything back a year. We did have a bunch of story ideas that uh, we never got to do. I ended up using them in other uh, in other s- series that didn't work as well as Monk, <laughs> but I ended up 
you know, it's, it's you don't want to waste a good murder, mm-hmm. yeah. but that's a, that's just true in life. For sure. Uh, so uh, so we let, so we did ha- end up have a couple of good murders that uh, that we never got to use. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, I think we briefly talked about um, when we did part one of Mr. Monk in the End is that I think a lot of shows that have an overarching like murder plot would make it that the end result is like a surprise that i guess what i'm asking is how early on was the decision made that the that trudy's murderer was going to be a new character that was introduced and not someone who like was there the whole time because i understand that there would be the temptation to do that and i'm glad you didn't do that um another good question uh the truth that, and if i if i'm repeating myself i can't remember what exactly we talked well no about. we didn't talk about any of this because i didn't want to spoil stuff for andre okay when i wrote the pilot 2001 right 2002 when i wrote the pilot i wrote some some uh uh, facts about trudy's murder i wrote that she was it was a car bomb it was in a parking lot she was a crusading journalist uh i guess i had a few facts that i threw in there but they were completely random Mm -hmm. uh I, I I had there was no and I had no uh, thought at all of eventually solving that murder. It's the last thing on my last thing on my mind. All I wanted to do was get a show on the air. Yeah, I could, you know I couldn't think. And um, and as the series went on, as you guys know, we were filling in more and more little blanks about the murder. There was a six fingered man. Somebody was hired by. I can't, don't remember. Somebody was hired to mm-hmm. plant a bomb or something. I, um, I can't remember. There was a little, there was a little trail that Monk was following. And, and, and we still were just making it up completely randomly as we went along. And then at the end of season seven, we were uh, told, uh, okay, this, we have to end this thing. And so we, we were, we had painted ourselves to some extent into a corner. We, we had to retrofit, retrofit, the uh, solution to the crime uh, uh, into uh, into all the facts we had. Now, luckily, somebody at the somebody uh, uh, let me see. There was a joke. It might have been a New Yorker cartoon. But do you remember Tom Hanks in um, uh, Castaway on the mm-hmm. Island? Did you guys mm-hmm. see that movie? Yeah, I never saw it. Oh. Okay, well, well I mean, well, it's a it's a your... common enough reference where I feel like you'll get. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah that's that fine. could be that could be your next podcast because uh, <laughs> Andre hasn't seen it, but Jake yeah. seen it. Mm-hmm. that's your that's your formula. It is exactly. But, yeah. but he was he was cast away in the island. He was a FedEx delivery guy, and one of the devices they used in Castaway was and Jake. You remember this? He opened all his FedEx boxes that were that yeah. were washed up on the beach, except for Everything. one. Yeah. He couldn't bring himself to open the last one mm-hmm. because he wanted to be a, a professional and do his job, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, he just couldn't bring himself. It was a, and and at the end of the movie, he delivered that last package. Yeah. So that was how Castaway ended. Anyway, I'm telling you this. There's a reason I'm telling you this. Because of the, the Christmas present. Hey, or... I'll my son, my son Evan. Hello. Evan, Hello. These guys, these guys watched the entire. A series of monks, and they want, they want to, uh, and they, they want me to or sympathize with them. They want a refund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, want their, 
They want their 22 okay. hours back. So now I know how uh, the Dr. Kroger's relationship with his son was written. I know how yeah, that, exactly. that came about. <laughs> but anyway, I saw a cartoon. I saw a cartoon. It might have been a New Yorker cartoon where uh, Tom Hanks, when he finally delivers that, uh, after five years on the island, he finally delivers the FedEx box. And what was in the box? A satellite phone. Yeah. That, huh. that could have saved him. That was the cartoon. That was the joke. Yeah. Anyway, I love that joke. And I thought of that joke. And I realized that Monk was given, I'm sorry, Trudy gave Monk a Christmas gift in season two and three that he never opened. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it occurred to me, oh my God, what if we use, what if we applied that joke to our mystery? What if the solution to the mystery was <laughs> under his stupid Christmas tree for See, the and- last eight years? The great thing is that that's obviously comes from a New Yorker cartoon joke, and it's very funny when you describe it. But I don't know about uh, I think Andre feels the same way that when you actually see it happen in the show, it's like moving and really tragic that it's under like it's, it's actually not played for comedy at all. That no, 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 and I know that you weren't intending it to. I think that that's what's thing that's so brilliant about it is that it's a something that in its face is really absurd, but it's played so truthfully that like you actually, you feel the pain that he feels that it has been under his nose. You know, there's no comedy involved. It's just like, that's the worst thing that could happen. Solved this thing uh, eight years ago. Yeah. Um, but, but also, but also you have to think, or like, I like to think that like, <clears throat> he wouldn't be the same person he had been if he had solved this a little earlier. Like he kind of developed a lot during the duration of, you know, when he, when he got the present and when he decided to open it. So I kind of feel like we, it all worked out in the end. Like, unfortunately for oh, him. That's right. He had to go on that journey. Also, mm-hmm. my kids wouldn't have the college fund that they had. Exactly. Uh, there, you had the exactly. there you go. Exactly. So, so yeah, I'm very glad that uh, he didn't open up yeah, that Yeah, it worked package. out great. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, I, I, another question too is when, how, because I just want to talk about some of the stuff that you had planned for the last season. How early on did uh, Randy becoming the uh, chief police of Summit, New Jersey, come into play? No, ma'am. I mean, this is now going back ten years. If, if you don't remember, show, it's fine. <laughs> the show was the show was written mm-hmm. in Summit, New Jersey. Okay, okay. Uh, we we met it's, which is two towns over from where I live, and the writers would come out. The writers would come out from New York and take the train, and and our offices were in Summit, New Jersey. Um, so it just seemed like um, it, it, I guess it amused us to think that Randy Disher would end up in our town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biddy Schram, coincidentally, was raised in Union, New Jersey, which is a few towns over. So it seemed to, it seemed to fit. We uh, we we met we we went to lunch every day at a restaurant called Winberry's, which I think is also made. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's where a lot of the shows were, a lot of the stories were broken over mm-hmm. lunch at Winberry's. It was really, we had a very, a really very pleasant routine with the writers uh, yeah. and, uh, and the staff. I've spent some time in that area of New Jersey, so it just did feel, uh, actually, my office used to be in Union, so I used to. Oh, there you go. So you know the area. Yeah, yeah. Was it on Vinton Street, by chance? <laughs> Vinton Street is a, uh, is a street in my town. It's one street over. I didn't want to use my street. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. I was comfortable using Vinton Street. Also, many of the names of characters, victims and mm-hmm. killers. Yeah, I... I people I, did people you I not... Knew. I didn't ask this the first time, even though we watched it. Did you not name a victim after your wife? Isn't there a victim named Beth Landau? Thinking, well, <laughs> it's, it's, when, you, when you're a showrunner of a show, you have the opportunity to name characters 
Yeah. Uh, after people you know, people in your family mm-hmm. or, or your friends. And it is, it's a great gift to give someone because it means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, it's something that lasts forever. If you're yes. lucky, the show will be on forever. And the best part about it is it costs you nothing. It's a yes, gift that right. costs zero. Okay, so it's not a but problem was, if they get thrown off a clock tower, for example. Like, that well, doesn't... Well, when you're writing a mystery, that you can only be a killer or a <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but um, but uh, I was dating Beth uh, in, as, when the first season ended and when the second season was starting, we were dating. And so it was my way of... Uh, of giving her just showing off, I guess. <laughs> it's very nice. Really, I, it's like here's different. my present. Andrew McCarthy is going to kill you. Yeah, I was trying to impress her, I guess. But um, <laughs> but it's a great gift you can give. You can yes. give people. Everyone, everyone remembers it and appreciates it, and uh, hmm. and uh, and just it's just one of the perks of being a showrunner. Yeah. Andre, you were to say something? Uh, no, no. I was just going to say Jake's taking notes vigorously. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I already do that all the time too. It's, uh, also because oh, okay. it's so hard to think oh, okay. of, it's so hard to think of last names. Like, you know, I just, I use, I usually don't use full names for people, but I will almost always make, um, characters have a last name of someone I know. Um, but, uh, Aaron, of you know, the first initial, etc. But, uh, a, the, a question... the other advantage is of course, there's, there's uh, no legal issue. Exactly. That's it. You know, you know, it'll be cleared by uh, the clearance company. Yeah. Um, and so I remember we had talked – the one nugget that we held on to forever was when we were talking about guest stars and stuff, and you talked about what Bob Cost has ruined the end of the episode he's in. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> I, was, I apologize for that. I'm now embarrassed I said that. No, he didn't say ruined. That's me paraphrasing. Uh, he said, you said that he changed it at the end. And so I was wondering because we didn't talk a lot about guest stars and stuff like that. Well, I mean we talked about how Tony Shalhoub got all of them in the door because he was such a mensch. You, I, I believe specifically the word he used a lot. Um but when you look back, who are some of the people that you um, are very proud of that not just that you got to work with them at all, but the work that they did on the show? Okay, well, this is where I'm going to embarrass myself because my memory is the worst. But if you if you list some prominent guest stars, I was very proud. You know, we had a couple of guest stars early on that were prominent, and then they, like John Turturro, and they were nominated for Emmys, and some of them won Emmys for supporting mm-hmm. And so once we started winning Emmys, uh, we, it became very easy to get some people of stature, you know, to, to come to come around. It was, uh, it, and uh, so between Tony reaching out to his friends and us having, you know, a little profile with the Emmy nominating committee, we could get these great people. Um, if you list, if you list some stars, I'll try to tell. You. The, I, the, I, I did. I did enjoy. Um, a couple of moments that stick that that I still remember was um, I'm a big fan of Sarah Silverman's, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we ended up sharing credit on a song. I think she wrote a song in one episode that she sang mm-hmm. for yeah. for a month, and we ended up sharing credit on a song. So that was a high point uh, for me. But I got to work with. Just wait. If you name people that I, yeah. uh... I got someone. I got someone. I want to know the story uh, okay. behind Snoop Dogg being on mm. an episode of Monk. Well, okay, <laughs> Snoop Dogg. How do we get? I don't know who got. I don't know how. I don't know why Snoop Dogg agreed to that. 
I mean, um, he's, he seems like he'll agree to a lot of stuff if you look at his career since. <laughs> Not a bad guy. I'll tell you how naive I was. I remember one phone call with Snoop Dogg where uh, it was uh, it was in the late afternoon, and uh, Snoop Dogg was saying, "Hey, hey, hey, it's uh, it's four twenty. and uh, I had no idea what he meant. <laughs> I had no idea why he was delighted that it was four twenty until it was later ex- explained to me. So I'm. I'm completely, I'm, you know, I'm so out of, mm-hmm. out of it. I'm the least hip guy, but I did end up hanging with uh, Snoop Dogg in his uh, crib. Crib means house. Yeah, right. Yep. yep. You guys, and uh, and I hung with him uh, for a while, and I'm sure I was uh, the whitest white man he ever he ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, uh, I also remember. Hanging with Willie Nelson mm-hmm. uh, on his on his bus, he pulled up. You know, he doesn't fly; they drive his bus mm-hmm. around. And uh, I remember what his bus smelled like. That was uh, something I probably similar yeah. to Snoop Dogg's crib. Yeah, I was gonna say you're uh, you're very like progressive. Dogg. It smelled yeah. like Snoop Dogg's um, crib. The Snoop Dogg episode was based was inspired by another joke mm-hmm. that I think was on like a Conan O'Brien. It was just a, it was just a, a one-off kind of a, an offhanded joke that Conan O'Brien had in, in some bit where some terrorist planted a bomb, mm-hmm. but forgot that it was um, daylight savings. Daylight savings time. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, I remember uh, years ago I did a power ranking of the who I thought the top twenty smartest murderers on Monk were, and I remember I started with a dishonorable mention for that guy because it's like he killed the wrong person because he didn't remember it was daylight savings time. Really? Yeah, well, that, was, that was inspired by a Conan O joke on a Conan O'Brien show. If you name the episodes, I can tell you where I stole Well, no, it. I want to, I, I, yeah, I, I just want to ask a quick, do you, do you ever think about, because uh, obviously you, there's, the answer to this question is going to be no, but I do think it's one of the funniest footnotes to think about that you, technically speaking, can say, I am responsible for Jennifer Lawrence's career. Do you ever pat yourself on the back for that? <laughs> I know, I, I know she did a, a cameo in, uh, I, I saw the clip. She was a mascot in a Yes, in a exactly. Yes. And I, I, I think she, she did, she talked about it on a talk show once. And, and I think she said it was her first credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course I didn't cast her. Oh, of course. The casting was done in LA. Mm-hmm. And of course at the time she made... I mean, no, no one could look at that and say there's a star. Exactly. You know, I just think it's such a funny footnote that uh, that because I've heard it referenced before that uh, you know when major Hollywood actors first credit was wearing a mascot head on Monk. Um, just I think well, wait, hold... head, I think she actually took the mascot head off very very briefly, so you did see. Yes, you do see her face yeah. quickly. Yeah, we discussed yeah. it when we talked about the episode. Yeah. Wait, I, speaking of stars, um, and forgive me if I, I don't recall, but were you ever like on camera? Like, did you ever cameo? I um, I would, I would walk through the frame. You, I mean, if you don't know me and you're not looking for me, uh, I would occasionally walk through the frame on the airplane episode. I was sitting, I think, nearby. The thing is, once you, once you commit to being like in a scene, you, you're that's like an eight-hour commitment. You know, you have to sit there in the background. You can't the continuity. You can't leave. Um, I did. Uh, if I am in the very corner of the frame, the bottom right corner of the frame, in the last shot of the last episode, um, it's a crime scene. Mm. Uh, Monk and Monk and, and 
Natalie and Disha are walking into a building. Mm-hmm. They're going to a crime scene. It's the very, very end. It's the camera's pulling back. And as the camera pulls back, I'm being put into a police car. I'm in handcuffs. Mm, oh so man, I need to, I need to go look final. at that. Well, yeah, but I, if you don't know me and you're not looking, you'd never. Well, now we'll be looking for you. You know, that's the uh, yeah. Wow, I'm, yeah, it's option. Um, I'm giving you a path. You don't have yeah. to. Now, speaking of guessers, I think my two favorites are obviously John Turturro, which we talked about uh, last time, and I think personally, I just love Stanley Tucci's performance in Mr. Muck and the Actor. Um, oh, I assume yeah. that that I assume that was another Tony Shalhoub connection because they did like Big Night together back in the day. Yes, it was kind of fun to write where he played, in effect, played a version of Monk because uh, Stanley Tucci. I don't know if I, we talked about this previously. Stanley Tucci was on the very very short list to play mm-hmm. Monk. Yeah, right. And in fact, it was down to those two guys. So uh, it was really fitting, satisfying to have him not only appear on Monk, but play a version of Monk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to think if there's so many great guest stars. I mean, that's the thing we talk about a lot because Andre and I are both very much, uh, we're obsessed with, especially character actors. We're just obsessed with just having long conversations about character actors that no one has ever thought about before. Um, but uh, I was wondering, because remember you said when we talked last that you were doing some rewatching, and I was wondering if there was any episodes that you had watched that you'd reconsider that maybe you had not like in hindsight or you would rewatch and like how did you how has your opinion changed on some stuff if you had done any more rewatching it's a great question i did i think i mentioned when we last talked that i was in the process of rewatching the series just like you guys mm-hmm. yeah and i did and during the lockdown i um i watched every episode uh and i actually gave each episode a, a, yeah. a grade Mm-hmm. From A to, A to F, like you like as if it was mm-hmm. you know a sixth grade homework assignment, and um, and I did that so because I can't watch it again for a while. But yeah. in fifteen years, twenty years, when I rewatch them, I can avoid certain episodes. There are just some that were painful mm-hmm. for me to watch. Some that I gave a, a I guess I didn't give anyone a, a F. Yeah, because they're all my babies. You know, I don't want to. But I gave some a C and a D. And I want to avoid them. There are some I'll never watch again. But the reasons that um, I react negatively to them are reasons that no that no one else would would react to. For sure. it, 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 they're very personal. They're the smallest things that, and they drive me. They drive me and only me crazy. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a couple of examples. And the Willie Nelson. This is. Something nobody else even noticed, but mm-hmm. in the Willie Nelson episode, let me see. A woman was pretending to be a witness. Was pretending to be blind. Mm-hmm. When okay, turns out yeah. she had regained her height, her sight a year earlier when she fell in the. Yes, she had, she had she had regained her sight, but didn't tell anyone. Yep. Wait, hold on. Wait, let me let me recreate this. And then there was a murder in the alley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I see. I see. There was a murder in the alley, and the and and somebody shot the victim from you know like twenty feet away. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't be the blind one, right? Mm-hmm. And it was very important to me when I wrote it that it happened at night. Mm-hmm. It had it had happened at night because then it really you had to. There's no mm-hmm. way somebody with bad eyesight 
could have could have pulled that off. And uh, for some scheduling reason, they could only shoot that murder during the day. And I, I can't remember why, but it really bothered me that that murder took place during the day. But nobody, nobody else flagged it. Nobody else cared. It just didn't. It wasn't on anyone else's mm. radar. Um, but it always bothered me. It drove me crazy. And every time I see that episode, it drove me crazy. Another, another example was there was a one where they're stuck in a bank vault, and there's a guy out front mm-hmm. who's doing the statue. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the director can't remember his name. He put the statue guy on the grass in this quiet little, mm-hmm. this quiet little wooded, a clearing in the woods or something. There's no tourists around. It wasn't a populated. I think Andre. I think you flagged that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just, like, oh, like why would, would why would the why would the guy be why would a guy be there? There's no. He's not going to make any money. There's mm-hmm. no one to see. Well, at <laughs> least he was outside of a bank, right? He's outside of a bank, but it wasn't. It's, it's not like it was a major these bank. Guys go to well. These guys go to crowded yeah. parks filled with tourists. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's and or 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 town squares or plazas. Mm-hmm. So that drove. It was just this quiet little corner and uh, just drove me crazy. And uh, so, so there are some, it, there are some episodes that, that have these little things that it didn't drive anyone else crazy. Well, except for me and Andre, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but little, little details like that. Uh, so that's, that's, I once read a, um, a biography of Alan J. Lerner, the lyric, you guys did Lerner and Lowe, they, they write music. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I knew, when you said with those two together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Lerner and Lowe. So, so uh, they wrote the musical Gigi, and the, mm-hmm. and the first song in Gigi is Thank Heaven for Little Girl. You know, it's a great song. Everyone loves the song, except the guy who wrote it, Alan J. Lerner, says, I hate the song, I can't listen to it, because it has one line in it. He was rushed, it was a deadline, and he was rushed, and he, and he, ha- and he ended up, writing a line in that song that he was never happy with. And so there's only one human being on, in the world that can't stand to hear that song. And it's the guy mm-hmm. who wrote the song. It's a classic song. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about some episodes a month. Well, at least guy I can is- say that those two episodes, at least in my submission, are not all-time classics that I would be... I'm not that upset that you don't love those episodes. Those are not high on my list particularly. Oh, you're the best. Well, on the other hand, just to be fair... The clue, I'm very proud of the clue in Willie Nelson, where yes. where she extends the wrong hand to shake that, hands. Yes, yes, that's great. My actual uh, problem very, with that episode. I was very proud of that. I can remember exactly. Yeah. Tom Sharpling and I were at the Nautilus Diner, mm-hmm. uh, and we were kicking around stories, and uh, and uh, either uh, probably it probably was Tom, but but either he or I uh, thought of that clue, and I was very excited about that clue. It's a good. I remember, I think that my thing with that episode was that, I think, maybe this might just because I know the internet exists, but it was, like, the idea that when the police were, like, learning about the victim's life, they wouldn't have found that he killed a family in a car crash was, like, I didn't, that kind of hung me up. But that's just, that was just my personally with that episode. I don't know why I'm giving you a specific grievance for something you made 15 years well, ago. that's, that's true. <laughs> but, but if you go, if you, if you apply that standard, no... No story in the in the series will make right. for because, sure. Yes, because it it took place in current day, but no one ever mentioned DNA. Yeah, uh, right. or no one ever no one ever went online and and researched anyone. And uh, you know, we tried to write stories that Arthur Conan Doyle could have written mm-hmm. in 1905. Mm-hmm. I guess the thing right. is, I would say that usually you succeeded at me not thinking about that. 
You know what I mean? Usually it right. just never would have come into my mind. But there was a few times where I'm like, where it's see, you know, the thing is, because I think it's because the monk ends up finding out about it because like a newspaper clipping or something like that. And so that put in my mind of like, wait, if the news reported on it, then they would have et cetera, et cetera. But that's well, just a very I'm, specific thing. I'm sure you're 100 percent right. All, when you when you when you have a little a glitch in a story like that, it, for the for a writer, and if you're a writer, you mm-hmm. you know you probably would agree. It doesn't have to be the solution. I'm sorry, the uh, the fix. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be plausible. It just has to sound plausible. I agree. For a minute. Yes, um, I wouldn't have thought about it if we weren't doing a podcast reviewing the episode. That's the thing. Right. Exactly. If you just watch it once, right. it just has to be plausible enough to get past it. Exactly. Uh, and there's something like that in every. By the way, it's not just Monk. Every movie you see. Oh, of course. If you, oh, if yeah. you deconstruct it, uh, there are plot holes and, uh, and logic holes in every movie. Well, I have something. Um... I kind of going off of like, you know, you not, you know, having issues with certain episodes, would you say, or what would you say is an example of a couple of episodes that were like the hardest production wise, like just that it, it took like the longest amount of time to film one scene or, you know, just something like that. Uh, a good question. Um, I know, um, I know we, uh, there were some episodes, uh, I remember we had an idea for a uh, murder on a submarine mm-hmm. and uh, oh, yeah. and I called Randy Zisk, our, uh, my partner, my producing partner. And, uh, and I, I said, Hey, we have this idea takes place on a submarine. You think we could make that, make that work. And Randy just said, uh, without missing being Randy said, Oh, sure. No problem. And then I heard him just groan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the production problem uh was um was handed off to randy zisk and the production team mm-hmm. and they they almost always said yes and then they figured out a way to do it one episode had a monk chasing a balloon a hot air balloon which yeah. i think was a huge uh challenge there's mr monk um, and the leper i believe mr uh, monk and the leper mm-hmm. um so uh, there was a lot of physical challenges but for a, a one-hour mystery show, we had very few car chases or mm-hmm. big stunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much like Columbo. Again, a, a reference. I don't know if you guys know that show. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was mostly uh, they're, they're mostly uh, problem solving and intellectual mm-hmm. puzzles being solved. Uh, and, and so, on the other side of the coin, with difficult enough, what were some things that episodes you revisited that you were pleasantly surprised by how much you enjoyed them? Um, in oh well, I gave I gave. Let me see. There are 125 episodes. I gave um, 40 or 45 of them. It's about a third of them A's or B's. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really yeah. was. Some of them I just thought were it were work. You know, when a, when an episode worked on all cylinders and was balanced, and the mystery worked, and uh, and it was personal. The drama worked, and the comedy was working. And the performances were working. Uh, it really was. Uh, I was really, really proud uh, of the show. And uh, it happened about one in three. <laughs> one Honestly, in three that's. Times. I feel the same way because I definitely feel like, like Andre and I rated in a system out of ten, and we very rarely went below. Like most were eights or eight and a halfs, and like only occasionally we go to seven point five, and very rarely we go to seven. And I think we only. I think either of us only dipped into the six point five like three or four times. So. Um, hey, now tell me. I am curious. What were the lowest rated ones for you? Um, I think Mr. Mo- for early on, Mr. Monk and the Other Woman. 
I think just yep. f- feels like a very yep. it feels like an episode of the show that is like it 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 felt like a different version of the show. Especially, oh like, yeah, I agree. I got into a big. Gar- I mean, that was I was the first time showrunner. I mm-hmm. was it was all new to me, and the first episode I was I was learning how to do my job, and I was also kind of insecure, and I was I was intimidated, and and that was um, directed by Adam Arkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that episode, and he had very definite ideas about how the script, about make, making some script changes. And at that point, I think that was the third or fourth episode we filmed. I didn't have the wherewithal or the mm-hmm. self confidence to push back. We had not in that first season. We we were not on when we shot the first season. We were not on the air yet, mm-hmm. so we didn't know what we oh. had. We didn't know if people would respond to it. Mm-hmm. We didn't know if it worked or not. So we were we were um, in the dark, and uh, and I was intimidated by the director there, and made changes that, in hindsight, when I saw that again, I'll never watch that episode again. Yeah. And I think Stoudemire treated Monk horribly. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, yeah, there were moments that just were out of character for Monk, and and um, no, it didn't 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 work. I would agree that one didn't yeah. work. Um, Andre, what about you? I, That's when they kicked him out for me. Yeah, um, the one I remember is actually, <clears throat> I want to say it was Mr. Mug on Wheels. Oh, yeah, that one. Not a fan Mr. of that Mr. Mug on Wheels, the bicycle one? No, the one where, where, yeah, yes, the one with the bicycle where he's in a wheelchair. Yes. Okay. And, I, yeah, I, I just felt like he was super like mean. Because he was so, he was so, uh, he was so uh, uh, hard, hard on uh, Natalie. Natalie, yeah. 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 Okay, I got to tell you, that, that episode is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, it truly, it truly, it truly makes me smile. It's very close. It might have been inspired by Larry David, where who mm-hmm. you know Larry yeah, David just has very impatient with people and very and has mm-hmm. no social skills. And it might have been inspired, by that, but it, it does make me laugh that uh, he was just he was ordering her around and she was responsible for him getting shot, and then he. He never let her forget it. See, I think uh, the thing I, that Andre and I felt about it was that I was fine with it up until it ends with her then getting him shot again, which is like, because then he doesn't, <laughs> then he doesn't, I, I understand, because the thing is, I, I, I understand why that's funny, and obviously you created the show, so you know what you're talking about, but like, I feel like it was like, come on, Monk needs to learn his lesson that that was really rude, that he should have done that, and the way the episode ends is like, Monk was right to treat her like shit all along. That's not what you meant, but that is the way that it ends, and it's like, okay, come on. Yeah. I guess I got to tell you, it really delighted me. Also, also, it was kind of based on me um, using the same uh, passcode mm, for every yeah. every single thing. I used the same yeah. passcode for five hundred mm. things. And if somebody could guess, if somebody could fool me into mm. revealing that passcode, they my life. That was, was a very good device for an episode. I did appreciate that. That was um, so that was, it was kind of based on that. If you can. Yeah. If you, I just assume that everybody used the same. Uh, yes. The same. Character. I do. I do. Yeah. I think what it was for me though was it just like because I knew like the finish line was like coming up, so I'm like, oh man, I really hope that they don't have like some sort of falling out as a result of it because I hadn't seen the show and like I kind of like I should have known that like by the end of the by the beginning of the next episode it would be totally back to normal. Oh well, we reset. Well, we reset all the episodes. The episode. Yeah. Um, the episodes were built so that you could show them in any order. And in mm-hmm. fact, when you're, when they're, I mean, almost any order, obviously there were some two-parters yeah. and some, some exceptions, but 
but when it's shown in syndication, it's completely randomized and mm -hmm. shuffled. And it was designed that way, so you could watch them mm -hmm. in any order. They were they were just reset at the beginning, and and whatever happened the previous week never happened. Seinfeld Seinfeld used that same mm -hmm. device. It just never happened. He had a girlfriend in week seven, and in week eight, she never is mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. Wait, do they ever play like Mr. Monk in the end, like just randomly? Like, uh, not that I, I mean, they would only do it if it was like a big monk marathon and it would be at the end. I don't think that they normally would do that in like the middle of a marathon, but you you probably would know better than I would. I think, I don't know, like it's on the Hallmark channel, it's on other channels in syndication, yeah. and I don't know. They, obviously, I hope they don't. I mean, I can tell you the way they, 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 the way they actually the do middle. it. Is that they actually play them in order in like three episode blocks, where like, because my parents will okay. watch it in like in syndication, and like I'll see that you know if they have like two episodes every uh, week afternoon or whatever on the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries channel, then like I can track that if they have, if they watch season four episode two, then the next day season four episode three is gonna be on. So they kind of do okay, it in order. So That's how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, my parents don't even notice that. I mean, my dad probably does, but my mom is just like, Oh, I didn't even realize these all were in order. It's like, we, <laughs> there are no other big watched the last 10 in a row. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that that's definitely, okay. um, something well, that the last season, as Andre refer, as Andre yeah. mentioned, the last season was designed, especially the last four or five episodes were mm -hmm. designed to, to, as a run up to the, uh, to the final episode. Yeah. Cause we, we talked about with Mr. Monk and the badge, how, you know, that kind of was, cause I think we joked about a lot. And talked about seriously a lot in the beginning. Because obviously I think that in the beginning of the show, it was a lot more about him wanting to get reinstated. And eventually I felt like they kind of got pulled back. And the thing that we always talked about early on was that we love Monk and we want him to get what he wants. But he absolutely should not be reinstated. He is not capable. He just is not yeah. you know up to it. And I do like that Like the you end up closing that book by like... It's not just that he can't do it, but it's just like... He's a different person. He doesn't actually want to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's kind of... Although the character, you know, resets every episode, I do like that you have the growth of... It would be silly if after eight seasons of him being a consultant and really enjoying it and getting good at it, that he still thinks he wants to be a cop. It's like, no, he loves the idea of being a cop, but he doesn't actually want to be, you know, a beat cop, you know? I, I thought that was always, really nice always, I guess, I guess it always hurt. It always stung that he lost his badge, and you mm -hmm. always want... You always want to be. You always want it to be offered again. Like if you break up, if you break up with somebody, you 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 want them eight years later. Exactly. To, to say, uh, oh, what a mistake I made. I, right. You know, I should have stuck with you. But um, even though it's better that you that you broke up. Exactly. Um, but you know, the first thing you do when you when you create a show or create a character is you figure out what he wants. Yeah, exactly. And that's how that's what drama is. Mm -hmm. Somebody wants something, and they they uh, there are challenges mm -hmm. uh, to getting it. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that is just one of those things that and it's honestly the reason I love television as a form, particularly the type of show that Monk is that they really don't make that much anymore outside of like CBS, where it's just a bunch of episodes that are kind of reset. That you clearly I think found what the character is as it was going on, and I think that as the show went on, the centering getting his badge back felt less true to the character every episode like it kind of and it felt like that his that i think him wanting to solve trudy's murder and wanting to kind of fill that hole in him became more of the central want i don't know if that was something you were conscious of but it felt like you did it felt like as the show went on you didn't need the want for the badge in order to motivate him you know um uh you're no you're exactly right i guess we felt that 
consciously and then a little bit unconsciously. You know, when you when you're breaking these stories, you just kind of get a feel for mm -hmm. for where the character is. And Tony probably helped us, uh, yeah, guide us as well in that stuff. Yeah, he's the best. I just, I mean, can we talk a little about Tony Shalhoub? I don't know if you have any thoughts, Andre, but I think he's just, of everything to take away from the show, I think that his performance is just, it's it's the reason oh the God. show works. Because the show is a, on a tightrope of a million different things, and it works. How many Emmys did he win? Well, I I always likened him to, um, to a jazz musician, like a really great jazz musician, where every... Every take was a little different. You know, jazz musicians, they mm -hmm. never played the same thing twice, you know, and every take was a little different, mm -hmm. uh, but 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 fresh and surprising. And uh, no, he's... Uh, he won he's three Emmys for Monk, by the way. Just oh, okay. okay, three Emmys. I think he was nominated every year. He was nominated year. every year, it looks like. Um, wow. Um, and, uh, and deservedly so. I mean, we have... Uh, we have a big picture of him in our bathroom at Tony Shalhoub. I mean, <laughs> like that's just, exactly where yeah, we're living. We're living in the house that he built for us. You know, he yeah. just, and, and when you do TV casting is 98% of it, you know, that's the secret. And, mm -hmm. and we got, we got, we got very lucky when, when young people ask me for advice about, about, uh, you know, their careers, my advice would always be as, be as lucky as you could possibly be. Yes, that is at yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, and uh, and you know we just got lucky that Tony was available, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and responded to the pilot script and and uh, and uh, so, you know uh, I can't imagine anybody else doing doing yeah. that doing that performance. So, uh, so take us through kind of like what it was like to film the last few days of filming or like, I don't know how you guys film it in order or how it goes, but like the last day on set, essentially. We filmed it on, we filmed it in order. I mean, we filmed the episodes in order, mm -hmm. but when, but each episode was, was yeah. shot out of order. You know, the scenes were shot out of order. Right. It was, it was uh, quite emotional. You go on this eight year journey. If you've ever been to, camp you know it's like like you know the last day of camp you know it's hard to say goodbye and uh uh you uh you really bonded with with all these people the last scene we shot was a scene that i'm actually very proud of it's it's the it was in the middle of episode eight or might have been i'm sorry the middle of the last episode or might have been the penultimate episode you guys would remember yeah where the doctor comes to monk and says um uh you're uh you're you're very sick you're going to uh that's you're going to feel fine but then there's going to be oh my god gonna be vomiting. Vomiting. that's my one and of my then, favorite scenes followed by show. followed by death and then tony says vomiting and the doctor says followed Bye. by death and doc and tony says vomiting <laughs> I mean, I'll I tell really you, need you to focus on the last part. I, yeah. Andre, because we recorded the episode for part one uh, last week, and Andre can tell you, I think about that scene all. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole yeah. show. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I also think, honestly, beyond the big guest stars, I think a big thing that Monk has in his favor is that even the non-flashy guest stars, like I think that in these last episodes, I think DB Woodside is on, really, really great as the Doctor in the finale, and like just like small parts like that that are played by like just pros. I think that that's kind of the thing 
that Andre, since like I said, Andre and I are obsessed with character actors, we just respond to all like the you just pros that you see come, you know, you know what I mean? And like that's you just, know, I mean, I I wouldn't be able to name the guy. I'm not I'm not great with names, but but that's the guy who played the doctor was yeah, DB Woodside is his name. I mean, He's it's it's all nice. about timing and it's all about attitude. You know, you got to be pretty dry. What you know, what we what we always said about Monk was if you turn the volume down, if you mm -hmm. played, if you muted the sound, it would look like a drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we played it very yeah. straight. Yeah, and and uh, and that was that was our formula. We played it super straight, uh, and uh, that scene's a perfect example. Yeah. Oh God, or death, man. Yeah. So yeah, I think that honestly, I the one last thing I want to ask about is that because uh, Andre she was texting me yesterday because he wa I watched the finale uh, earlier today and Andre watched it yesterday. And Andre said he was surprised that he, like he said, he got emotional. And I was not surprised that I got emotional because I watched it before and I got emotional the first time I watched it. And so I was totally expecting it. But I just, I want to know how, because I assume that the, you know, Trudy's previous pregnancy was like originally come up with as the motive for the murder. But how did you settle on Trudy's daughter being like kind of like the end cap? of it because i feel like if it i feel like that could be super contrived but the way that it plays is so sweet and genuinely moving that... i guess uh, I, well you know it, it was a decade ago and so it's hard to recreate but i guess we wanted to leave monk mm -hmm. with something yeah that he's earned you know something that he deserved and mm -hmm. something a gift mm -hmm. you know uh and um something that he's earned for his all the, the hard work he's done and i guess we thought and i can't take credit i we had a great writing staff of course uh on our when i i think i mentioned everyone i listed everyone when we left yes you did um, and uh but, yeah <laughs> but i you know and I, and so you can refer back to that list but it wasn't just me i certainly wouldn't i always i always claim that i always said that uh if I was writing the series just on my own, it'd be three episodes a year and two of them would suck. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very glad that we had a, a staff. But so I don't know who, who suggested it, but we wanted to give Monk a, uh, a, a reward mm -hmm. for all this hard work. And that reward was uh, someone to love and mm -hmm. someone who loved him and a, and a daughter uh, made, made sense. Uh, my, my children, Molly and Evan, were were toddlers ah, back then. Of and, course, and, uh, and I, 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 I did, I did Evan. notice that the, her parents are Andy and Beth. I noticed that too. Oh, I uh, didn't even, I didn't. Yeah, even you did that too. That. <laughs> well, that, that's an easy one. Yeah. Um, and so we left them. We left them there, and uh, and who knows what the future? Uh, yeah. I'll give I mean, you guys before we go. I'll give you a little tiny okay. scoop. I can't say much, but there okay. are discussions. There are discussions now with NBC about a, uh, a movie, you know. Okay. Uh, yes, I mean, because now I was going to ask you about that. Yes, yeah, Psych is up three to nothing on you guys. You got to yeah, even I score. Know, Psych, well, Psych, Psych has a much younger demographic. Yeah, so I know. It makes um, sense. Makes sense yeah. uh, for Psych, um, but but I, I all I can say is that that we're that there are discussions going on. I about, would love nothing more. Um, yeah. that would mean so much to us. And I want to thank you once again for coming on and for being, you know, for reaching out the oh, first well, time. Well, well, thank you guys for 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 yeah. for slogging through 125. Episodes. I don't know what yeah. you have in mind for for your next project. Yeah. Um, Honestly, uh, this is one of my finest achievements. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, no, I have to find my life by spending a lot of time doing useless bullshit, so I can't really say that this, like, this is only, this is, like, only on the pedestal, it's not even, I'm kidding, uh, no, this was definitely one of the best things we've done, um, and I know Andre and I are gonna talk a lot about it, you know, both on this show and on years well, to come. I'm, really, I'm very happy to be, have been a small part of it. Yes. This. And, uh, no, is it true you guys have never met in person? We've met in person no. twice. No. We met, but, no, oh, but before twice. we record, basically, what, the, it, before we recorded the show, We'd only met in person once at a bar like three years ago for like okay. an hour and a half. And then we just were friends to the internet. And then a couple months ago, Andre came out to uh, New York and we met at a bar again. Um, but uh, now, did, you do, have you, did you do a podcast together? On the no, uh, we've, had, we, we've actually probably only spent three hours total together uh, in the same place. Yeah. But I'm, I'm making a West Coast swing this this next spring. So I'll hang out with him a bunch then. But uh, yeah, it really is uh, honestly kind of magical well, how a show like this could bring together two people well you know? raise a glass uh, to raise a glass uh, for me i, I absolutely I, I'm, I'm happy to have brought you guys together uh, it's we'll have uh what's the drink from mr monk and the astronaut we'll have one of those oh um is it called uh a moonwalk or something yeah it's a spacewalk i think spacewalk yeah, yeah, yeah. is that a real now is that a real drink or i'm not sure i think i think, I, no I, think it, I think it's actually just like a martini with like Maybe something blue with, blue, yeah, with blue curacao and then a specific like arrangement of olives. And I personally hate gin, so I'm not gonna have that. But you can have one. Uh, I will have one. Yeah, <laughs> have a spacewalk on me. Yes, absolutely. Right, guys, I, I, All right. I, I, now, if I if I sign off, you guys can keep talking. We're, yep, we're completely fine. All right, All right you have a good night. And this will give you this will give you a chance to uh, to talk about me privately. Oh, we wouldn't dream of it. We wouldn't dream of it. Okay. All right. Nice have a good night, you guys. Again, talk soon. All right. Bye bye. Thanks, Andy. Sure. Bye bye. I think All we're right. gonna probably go through this pretty quickly, um, you know. Just yeah. Talk about some stuff, but uh, I mean, because there isn't like a ton of plot no. in this episode. It's kind of just like wrapping things up, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we kind of already know the bones behind and it. And I, I think that that's actually the smart thing to do. I think that shows yeah. a lot of times where they try to save the actual plot. Like, although obviously there's a lot of problems with the way the show ended generally, I think one of the better things that Game of Thrones used to do was that the biggest thing in the season would happen in the second to last episode, so then they could have the full last episode to process all of it. You know what I mean? Because mm. um, it's mm. fun to end on a cliffhanger or to end on like a big something happening, but then it's like, well, there's no cooldown, you know? Um, but uh, yeah. So Monk presses play on the tape, and uh, yeah. what do we what do we learn? What, what's uh, Trudy's uh, old secret? Oh man, well. Um, first, you know, she admits to not being perfect, and what she's specifically referring to is at some point she was involved in an affair. Mm-hmm. However, it was before she was married to Monk, so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, that he Monk wasn't cucked in this in this regard. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and so she mentions that she had an affair with her married law professor, and she got pregnant, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, she enjoyed being pregnant, and she eventually gave birth to a baby girl. But unfortunately, uh, the baby girl died that same uh, that same day. So now, did you suspect sad. at this point that the baby was still alive? Uh, no. Okay, good. I mean, not no, I. I had nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the father is none other than Ethan Rickover, Craig T. Nelson himself. Your boy. Uh, sure. For all time's sake. Yeah, yeah, my boy. And we, yeah. uh, Trudy notes that as the time recording, um, he's been nominated to the Court of Appeals. Uh, and at the same time, that woman who's missing, how is she related? 
she was the midwife who uh, helped deliver the the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, also, an important note is that Trudy actually never saw the baby. Yes, right. Uh, yeah, so that's an mm-hmm. important thing to know. And uh, and then so she also on the tape continues and says that uh, basically Ethan called her out of the blue mm-hmm. like just recently as of recording the tape yeah. in those days, and he wanted to meet up and he sounded kind of like not himself or or himself I guess. Um, and he wanted to meet Trudy the next day, and so she recorded this tape. And you know, if obviously nothing happened to her, then Monk would have never seen this tape. But as a result, um, she had a suspicion that there might have been some something that could have been happening or that was going to happen to her. And she, yeah, you know, she kind of guessed correctly that she uh, walked into a dangerous situation, which just makes me think, like, I don't know, like, why did she go? I mean, I think because. Um, because we need this show. No, because there's a super interesting phenomenon about how human beings will put their lives in danger to avoid being rude. That people, oh, okay. the, I forget there's a term for it, but basically the brain cannot conceive of actually being in mortal danger. Unless like there's like a gunpoint in your head. Your brain can't, your brain rejects the notion that you actually might die if you you know what i mean because why because you think about how many times a day you think like you could technically be in danger but you have to put that out of your mind so you have to be like you know what i'm pro she made the tape because she's probably like 10 percent thinking she'd get murdered but like 90 percent like i'm probably gonna laugh about this and it's gonna be about nothing and you, you know what i mean like it's not um but by the first time i cried in this episode is when she mentions that she'll switch it out for the watch not because literally the watch but because of like the 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 tragedy of her thinking that she's doing something stupid you know, that she's, like, she thinks, like, you know, I'm just, whatever. This is a silly thing I'm doing. But the fact that she never got to do that is, I, I don't know, that made me cry. Um, so that's number one out of three. Yeah. Um, okay, but, like, all right, so what what was the situation? He wanted to meet her at the parking garage? No, I presume at, like, somewhere near the parking garage. I don't think that. Um, okay. Yeah. That's what confused me because I'm, like, all right, man, if you know, if you're meeting in a parking lot, you have to expect something. Yeah. And so... She, you know, talks about how Monk's her life, etc. And then Natalie is like, I'm so sorry. And Monk is like, you know, fuming. He's uh, understandably livid. Yeah, he uh, and he gets up, you know. He's got a sudden burst of energy, even though he's coughing his fucking lungs out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's still... And he, that's when he gets to talking about, you know, the most... Uh, I don't want to say ironic, but the most, like... No, it is ironic. I mean, that he's it's been working everywhere that, like, in the world for, uh, for a yeah. Few. And the answer, and the answer was in the Christmas present that Trudy gave him that he never wanted open because he wanted to keep one last secret between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, it. Uh, but like as we discussed with, I mean, are we going to air the Andy part before? Or after? Yeah, uh, uh, before. Okay. Um, as we discussed with Andy, you know, um, this he needed the journey, uh, mm-hmm. first. I feel like it's more fulfilling that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then we cut to the hearing for Ethan Rickover to be put on the state Supreme Court, asking about death penalty, etc. And, you know, he's asking questions about constitutional law that in an episode that wasn't this one, I would go into detail about. Um, the important thing is that Rickover notices that Monk is in the gallery, um, and, uh, you know, he Well, talks- how could he not? He's, like, coughing up every freaking second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he takes a brief recess to talk to him, and uh, Monk, he's not being coy. He doesn't have a lot of time left on the world, on this earth. Yeah, he straight up says, like, you killed Trudy. And, you know, Rick over laughs it off and, you know, basically just calls out Trudy for being, like, you know, one of many 
uh, unstable college students who might have been obsessed with their professor. I will say know, though, if you're like a if if he's like a thirty year old law professor, like I'm, that sounds correct. Not that that's true, but that's I mean, come on. Um, I'm sure that yeah. I mean, it's it's a tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Monk clearly is incensed by the notion that Trudy was delusional, etc. You know, that's his thing. Um, and uh, Monk ends up, uh, you know. Well, no, hold on. Yeah. First, oh sorry, Rick Rickover, like you know, he asks, like, oh well, where's the evidence, yeah. like. Do you have anything to prove mm-hmm. this is the case? And Monk, uh, you know, I thought there was going to be more that came out of it, but he admits that Trudy had a tape. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that just gets Rick over to just, you know, confirm that, yeah, she was crazy enough to do yeah. that kind of thing. So whatever. Yeah. So then Monk tackles him, gets a couple good licks in, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, also there's a – actually, I'll get back to what we talked about. There was the thing with the wipe, but we'll talk about that later. We need to – you know, this is not – Right, right, right. So. I didn't notice this at all. Yeah, yeah. Of course not. I mean, there's one. The, the great thing about so many monk clues is that they're right in front of your face, but you don't notice them. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so then Monk's back in the hospital, and we see Randy on the phone. He's telling someone on the phone, "I love you," but he claims the deputy commissioner. Just classic Randy stuff in the middle of this high stakes situation. Um, I laughed a lot. <laughs> yeah. And we learn uh, from DB Woodside um, that Monk's vitals have improved. Yeah, and you know, start. You know, tells him that basically malice is the best medicine, mm-hmm. the best cure in the world. Exactly, uh, and he, he is of course referring to the older brother in the duo clips, um, right? So and uh, and so you know, Stott reminds Monk that he's lucky he's not in jail because yeah, man, he attacked a federal judge. Um, mm-hmm. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a that's one of those crimes where it's like, man, you really gotta woof. That's a that's a, that's a that's a federal crime like that that gets you in federal prison, yeah. Um, and so the nurse is like she's gonna come back with some pills. Um, we learn that Natalie's back at Monk's place, and um, basically what Stamina and to tell Monk is that everything checks out. Doctor Nash had a second cell. He was calling Rick over, probably blackmailing him. Um, and but Monk is not satisfied with knowing that they nailed him. Yeah, I know, because at this point, he still looks pretty fucking sick, um, and he's kind of convinced that he's still going to die, so he tells, he asks Leland to promise him that he's not going to just arrest him, he's going to kill the son of a bitch. I, this um, was almost number two, but I didn't cry quite, it was close though. Yeah, and Sotomayor, you know, uh, honorable man that he is, he, you know, lies to Monk and tells him that of course he'll do that, but Monk knows that he's not that kind of guy also this uh, this is some of the best acting in the whole show like i just honestly there's a fucking tour de force in both of them um yeah i yeah. It's, it's there's nothing even ironic you could say about the scene it's just so powerful honestly like it's just for sure and like the weird thing is like okay like looking back on it i can't believe that ted levine did eight seasons of monk it just seems like such a weird thing for him to do mm-hmm. uh but i'm grateful because like honestly i for whatever reason, no disrespect to Tony Shalhoub, I could see Stanley Tucci being Monk. Mm-hmm. I can't see anyone else being Sotomayor. Yes, I like, think that literally. that's yes, I think that that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I think, and I think the thing too is that like I think you need like a dynamic person in the lead role of a show like this, but I think you need a rock as like the elder statesman of the show. You know what I mean? And Ted Levine yeah. is a fucking rock. And that, like, he just gives gravitas and seriousness, but he also can play the f- comedic moments. And it's like, 
he's not just like some other dude that fills out a cast of a cop show. You know what I mean? He's like a real actor, actor who really you know is and the mustache. I mean, whatever. Once he decided to grow the mustache, his whole career completely shifted. You know? Yeah. No. I mean, if the. <laughs> to say he commits to a role <laughs> would be a massive understatement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so then we cut to uh, Natalie and Casper Van Diem at uh, Monk's apartment, you know, packing stuff up. And um, then we cut back to Monk, and Monk is... Um, Hold on. Oh. I was so fucking convinced that someone was going to come and try to steal the tape and, like, fuck with them. Right, right, right. But I'm like, I, but I was like, thank God Stephen's yeah. there. Yeah, I think the thing is, I think the reason why he doesn't do that, if I'm Rickover, is because that gives the game away. If you know, uh, if you're if someone's caught trying to steal the tape, then that you know says a lot. But uh, right, Monk is then looking at a bunch of papers in bed, and he's he, something's not adding up. Yeah, uh, he can't quite figure it out. Uh, but he kind of stumbles upon a uh, clipping about. Some that somehow tangentially has to do with Rickover being at his house or something, mm-hmm. and he thinks back to when they first walked into his backyard mm-hmm. in the first part of this episode, or first part of these two episodes, mm-hmm. and they mentioned that Rickover will never move. Like mm-hmm. even though he's got to commute to Sacramento, which is you know like an hour and a half mm-hmm. each way, uh, that he'll never move. So he's like, why the hell is that the case? Why won't he ever mm-hmm. move? Yeah. And then so we see uh, Natalie and uh, Steve, I think his name is Casper Van Diem. Steven, uh, Steven Albert. Steven, yeah. yeah. They're cleaning the house and stuff. And then Natalie doubles over. She starts seeing spots. But yeah, is it from food? No, where is it? Uh, no, she's, uh, she, it looks like she's poisoned too. Where, from where again? From the wipes. Oh, from the, from the wipes. Yeah, yeah from the wipes. That's, that's such right. a great plot detail that it ends up being the wipes right, that right, is right, undoing. Right, that's right. like, you know, great writing. <laughs> right, yeah. So it was the wipes. And, um, so now we know how Monk and Natalie both got poisoned, I guess. Mm-hmm. And now they right? can make the antidote because they have it. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and then so, you know, we cut to, the um, the hospital and, you know, the nurse is going to uh, Monk's room and she notices... Or no, because someone calls yeah, on the Steven phone. Knows. Stephen calls on the phone and asks like her to check up on Monk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so she goes up to the room. She notices that the guy, the cop watching outside the door is like passed out, mm-hmm. walks in, and uh, he's gone. Yep. Uh, so they have the antidote, but, uh, you know, he's uh, he's gone. So... Then we end up cutting back to the police station where Stalmer and Disher get the news that both there's the antidote, but Monk's gone. And uh, where is Monk now? Well, he we find out that he drugged the cop with the pills. Yeah. That oh, sorry. I thought that was given. selfish. But I, I normally I would spend time on that, but we're kind of yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I mean, this is where we find out he drugged the cop and took his gun, so we know what that means. Uh, so we cut to, uh, Judge Ethan Rickover's house. He's pulling up. It's a rainy, it's raining cats and dogs that night. And, uh, and he shows up and who's waiting for him under the tree? Mm-hmm. Uh, our good friend, Adrian Monk. And he's got the biscuit mm-hmm. on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, one second. And he, you know, Ethan is like, you're going to kill a federal judge. And Monk says, much like, uh, Franklin Delano Bluth. I am the judge. Um, and right. Because at this point, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound? Is that how yes. it goes? Yeah. Yeah, you might as well just lean into it. Yeah. So he hands him a shovel and he tells him to dig. 
Yeah, he tells him to dig, and uh, we don't quite know what it is at this point. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, that, yeah, so I, we'll find out. And um, so then we cut to Sotomayor and Disher. Uh, Disher behind the wheel, Sotomayor being uh, not quite a back seat uh, mm -hmm. driver, but a passenger seat driver. Just fucking getting super aggressive and like telling, you know, they're driving through the rain. That shit is dangerous, mm -hmm. especially in a city like San Francisco. Yeah. And they're racing, they're racing, they're driving like maniacs. And um, and Stoudemire asks, like, where the hell is the goddamn mm -hmm. siren? Like, what's going on? And uh, Disher tells him that it's in the back seat. Uh, Stoudemire goes through the back seat. There's, like, a bunch of random stuff, like some barbells. Uh, and it looks like uh, Randy's having a, some sort of a, what's it called? Get a yard, yard sale. sale. Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah, so he thinks he ended up selling it. And so Monk is getting uh, Rick over to dig over by the sundial. Um and uh you know um of course the uh Stalmer does mention during the, the driving that um they shouldn't take Vinton. oh yeah he does say that yeah um, and so um eventually i mean i don't think i'm missing anything but no. like they they show up mm -hmm. and they they catch monk in the act well first two cops uh yeah. like you know normal cops uh they show up they have their guns drawn on them and monk is resolute he's like no keep digging like we need to find what's what's there and then <clears throat> stott and disher show up and stott tries to talk him like you know out of like what the hell he's doing like holding a federal judge at gunpoint even though obviously they know that yeah some, you know something's going on um and you know, Saw tells him that they have a cure, but they they need to get him like out of there. Yeah, and but what's that's the key? When we find out. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, what's the key detail with what gave it away for Monk about the yard? Oh yeah, yeah. The weird thing about this whole situation was that uh, Rick Over had a sundial in his backyard, but it was like directly under yard, a tree. Right. Yeah. A front yard, and it's directly under a tree, which mm -hmm. completely defeats what, the purpose of having a sundial. You gotta keep. You gotta give it up for Monk. One hundred twenty-five yeah. episodes. And twice a sundial is a key clue. <laughs> what was the other one again? Mr. Monk and the Captain's Wife, where the sundial was set the wrong way because the guy with the sniper rifle bumped into it when he was running through the yards. God. Sundials yeah, came up twice. Um, yeah. Wow. And so, you know, uh, Ethan's trying to bargain and he brings up Trudy. He's like, you know, Trudy used to talk about capital punishment that she didn't agree with it. Which, like, if I... I also don't believe in capital punishment, but this motherfucker is fixing to get shot bringing up the wait wife. hold on a second hold on a second we fucking missed it man oh. they, they dig up a skull no that's afterwards no it's not i'm 100 percent sure i'm looking at it right now capital punishment she never believed in it you guys just relax you don't want to do this they didn't fight the and then what was that is right after that i'm looking at my notes i i have my notes in order man i why did i write it out of order then? i don't know okay but it's important that if you bring up the wife that you murdered so the guy that hit uh, the husband you are you're asking to get shot you know what i mean like come on right and that's kind of uh where we ended up in a weird way yeah um, and then we get so to yeah, the they, right so you know they, they eventually strike pay dirt or yeah. pay skull yeah. I and guess. you know obviously craig and... t nelson is very used to having dead skulls in his front yard uh poltergeist 1982 anyway i've never seen that but yeah okay um great movie like yeah. one of those horror classics that's actually really good okay yeah and so, yeah, the skull, you know, seems to belong to Wendy Stroud. And, mm -hmm. and so that's why he wasn't going to move, because he had literal skeletons, not in his closet, but in his front yard. Yeah. Apparently, Wendy Stroud found Jesus. She couldn't live with the guilt. Um, and uh, she was going to tell everyone. So, 
I mean, man, you know, just uh, chalk it up for another death due to religion. No, that's not true. That's that's just not true. But um, and so you know, I think I really love the way that Tony Shula plays. Like that, you killed her, then you killed Trudy for what? For a job? Because it really, I think, lays bare that even the monk is weird. His morals are so like the notion of doing anything like that, like is so antithetical to him that, um, I don't know, I think that it is just like a, it also, I think there's also like an anger that you have to learn like, oh wait, the love of your life was taken from you just because someone was ambitious? Like, are you fucking serious? You know what I mean? Like, that's gotta be even more painful. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not, I mean, I guess in some sort of way it would be for monetary gain, but like, yeah, it's just like the least compelling uh, motivation for murder. But of course, that is a very common motivation for murder. So that's why, like, you know, what I mean, like, the thing is that most mo- right. mo- most murders aren't committed for righteous reasons; they're committed for petty reasons because people are petty and dumb, you know. Um, right. But uh, so, you know, he puts down his gun. He starts to walk away, and Coach Craig T. Nelson, uh, Mister Incredible, takes the gun and says, "You take care of her," and blows his brains out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, one second. Um, yeah, so... so yeah. And then we caught to Dr. Bell, and Monk's A-OK. Yeah, he's doing well. Um, he feels... Uh, oh, yeah, well, Dr. Bell mentions that he wants to cry because he, you know, he thought Monk was going to die. He was so convinced, uh, judging from how poorly he looked the last time they saw him. And, um, and yeah, obviously he's not dead. And he asks Monk how, uh, how does closure feel? Mm-hmm. And, and it yeah. goes just how you think. Yeah. Um, he says he feels good and then he doesn't. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, it was like the dry, it's a hard thing, right? Um, to, um, it's a hard thing to like, you know, when you're motivated by something for a number of mm-hmm. years and for all of a sudden that to end. Yeah. Um, even if it's like, you know, a good thing, uh, it's still like that was his main reason for waking up every morning. Mm-hmm. And so now he doesn't know what he's going to do, you know, um, it, what's going to happen tomorrow. But he's stuck on Rick Over's final words, take care of her. Um, but Bell says, you know, just sail into the great unknown. But how do we know if it's great if it's the unknown? Which is the thing I think about every time someone uses that phrase. Right. Um, well, I guess, you know, to some people it is kind of great to not know what's coming like to people who live like a predictable life. I suppose that would be mm-hmm. some form of comfort. Maybe that's yes. where it comes from. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, and so we then see monk and Natalie packing up files and Natalie asks, what should I write in this box? And what does monk say? What is, what are the words he says that, you know, a very se- series finale esque? uh, case closed. Yep. Or is that the second thing? No, okay. Case yeah, closed. Yeah. And he, even Natalie mentions that the E is crooked. He does not care. You know, he's... Yeah. Um, and then Monk is reading an article about Wendy Stroud that is just talking about how she's still missing. And what's a little anecdote that they mentioned about her that she gained, gained notoriety back in the day? Uh, because she... Was it she found a kid? And, an infant. And, or she put, she, put, she put an infant on the doorstep of... I well, no, know, she found an infant in a park and brought it to an orphanage. Right. Yeah, and it's like, how could he have possibly missed that detail? I mean, that's. A I mean, I question. think it's probably because that I don't think that that probably was in 
the main articles about her. I think that this was just like, because if you look at it, it's in like the third page of the newspaper. And I imagine it's probably like, an, it's an offhanded like anecdote of like this who once did, like that's not the, if it's talking about a missing nurse, a thing that she did 15 years ago that was like mo- like made the local news for like two days, it's pro- it doesn't need to be in every article about her. You know what I mean? Not to mention the fact that Monk only was working the Wendy Stroud case for like two hours because Trudy died and I mean like right that's true yeah like he really wasn't thinking about her at all he didn't realize that they were connected until a a day ago you know Um, and so Monk realizes the thing that Rickover was trying to cover up wasn't the affair yeah he was trying to cover up um, I mean he was trying to cover up that she was alive yeah and so then and we then cut she's to, out there somewhere. We cut to Stoudemire on the phone with some folks. They found her. Her name is Molly Evans. She's adopted 25 years ago and lives in Monterey County and writes movie reviews. And she would love to meet you. This is where I start to well up. I'm not quite there yet because I know what's coming. Um, oh, dude, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I do love – this is just some great monk writing up. What, do- what if she doesn't like me? I'm not crazy about me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, solid point. Yeah. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. I'd rather keep things the way they are. I like the way things the way they are. And then Stomer, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, crazy. he's famously don't. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, uh, is this where we get like her name and stuff? Well, Molly Evans is her name. I yeah, I, I skipped over that bit, but yeah. Okay, yeah, her name is Molly Evans, and yeah, she's unmarried. Oh, no, I already got all this part. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, but yeah, okay. the way that Natalie puts it is that Trudy sent you a gift. This is someone to love. Which is a bit presumptuous about the way that Molly's going to feel about all this, but I'm willing to forgive it because it's the series finale. And then right. um, I, uh, they, he's outside her office, and they meet, and I didn't write any more notes because I was completely, fully crying. Um, and uh, I think that just I, I just he just plays it so well. Like I don't know how Tony Shalhoub plays. I'm meeting the daughter of the woman, the love of my life, who I never met before, and she looks a lot like her and reminds me of her, and all that. I don't know how he plays all of that, but he does, and you absolutely feel it, and it's fucking heartbreaking and beautiful. I, it's amazing. Yeah, no, and I just like you know for a little bit, like they're not talking and stuff, and it's just like yeah, I don't know quite remember what the music sounded like, um, but yeah, this is the I cried definitely more or I teared up more during this part than I did at the actual end of it. Yeah, I also did. I still did cry a little bit at the actual end, but this is really where you just kind of, um, because it's just. I mean, yeah. And so then we cut to a couple days later where Monk has taken six hundred photos of her after three days. Um, she apparently is on the internet. She has a blog, um, and uh, but that's not what this scene ends up being about, because Disher has a little thing in his hand. God, could you put that in a weirder way? Um, yeah, he's got he's got a letter. Um, he's got a letter for Leland, and you know Leland finds it, and I guess you know Disher. There's no point in hiding it any longer, but he's leaving for another job, and um, that job is the police chief of Summit, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And Natalie quickly puts together why that's the case, and it's because of what we saw the last time we saw Sharona. Mm-hmm. They're a thing now. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you know they're moving in together, and just uh, Stomar's like, I knew it. I didn't know it, but now I know it. I knew it. You know, great stuff. Um, and then we cut to Monk and Molly on the beach. He's taking photos. We learn that she's going to TIFF, um, and uh, you know, he Monk then mentions that he's retired now. Yep. 
because of her, which, you know, is a little creepy, but she takes it in stride. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if this wasn't the last episode, I'd be like, yo, man, like, pump the brakes a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, like we said, um, I know that he's had a lot of people in his life that he loves and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, this is kind of a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 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 uh, like Natalie put it, you know, it's someone for him to love. And, it's, I mean, and luckily it's for him, a, it works out. It's a piece of Trudy, which is, you know, it's a beautiful right. thing. I mean, it's it is right. a bit creepy the way how quickly it is, but like I also I like that they don't even allude to Molly being uncomfortable with it because obviously she probably would be in real life. But I think that if I like that they don't even open the door to it because it's supposed to be taken just as like a sincere gift, not as you know, like I don't want this bit to be complicated, you know. Right, and it's also good that they don't consider that it's also half Ethan's. <laughs> yeah, not great. Um, yeah, really, I don't know. I don't know how I would feel with the knowledge that. Uh, I was adopted. Well, not, I, if, I assume she already knew she was adopted, but then on top of that, that uh, my dad killed my mom. But anyway, um, less than ideal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so she's going to... I think that's pretty much... Well, yeah, right? she, she basically is like, you don't quit. Like, don't quit. Like, there's lots of other... Right. Trud- she says there are lots of other Trudies out there. And... Um, and then he's like, yeah, it's a gift and a curse. And when I started welling up again is what she said, no, it's not a curse. And I'm like, oh, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> Don't do this to me. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. And she, she mentions that that's why, you know, because there's more Trudy's to help out. And that's why she's still around to remind him mm-hmm. that there's still plenty of people that need his help. And she asks, you know, tell me about her. And he gives details about how she snored, et cetera. And, um, you know, there's always something I always love something where someone talks about like a deceased spouse with like details like you know that's just always a cheesy way to get into my heart immediately you know um mm-hmm. uh and then we cut to um monk waking up in the middle of the bed um and uh, yeah quite a change from the last episode mm-hmm. and uh natalie and monk are in the kitchen and natalie mentions that she's making dinner uh for her and steven and he's invited but he has plans yeah he's uh he's going to the movies um be curious to see what movie uh, they'd be watching. But yeah, he's going to the movies with, uh, with Molly, with Molly, and uh, and Natalie's so happy because it sounds like you know he's gonna do you know normal people stuff, I guess. And it's notable that he's his wardrobe is he's wearing new outfits. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. And then they get a call. There's a case on West Vinton Street, um, and then he mm-hmm. checks the stove because you know what happened to me once where I got that time I didn't know it was still on. Call back to the first episode. Um, they show oh, really? Up, yeah, they show up at the first... Yeah, because that's, that's his first kind of freak out, is that he stops and is like, I, you know, uh, I think that I left the stove on. Um, oh, right. And then we have a montage of the whole show uh, set to some Randy Newman, and uh, we're out. <sighs> yeah, we're done. What a journey. Yeah. All right, well, let's just get our uh, ratings for this last episode. I, I'm I, guessing you're going to go 10 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to get 10 out of 10. Fuck off. I don't care. You know, it's whatever. I just, I don't, I, right. I, I, the thing is, I don't have, these rankings aren't, no one's losing their job because of these rankings, like, these rankings are just wherever I want them to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's, uh, and so, yeah, uh, 10 out of 10, hell yeah. I gave it, <laughs> just because I don't think I gave any episode a 10 out of 10, mm-hmm. um, I gave it a 9.5. It yeah. was very close to being perfect. It's, I mean, in terms of the endings of shows, it's, it's, it's one of the best I've ever, like, it's, because it's really just, because it, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just so satisfying, because I think so many times, too, Unless your show is, like, a dark drama, like, there is, I think, something for, like, ending on a satisfying note that, like, leaves the audience feeling good. Like, I think on, mm-hmm. unless you're doing a show like a Breaking Bad, I don't, I think that 
ending a TV show in a dark way is, I think, just usually a bad idea. Because it's like, this is a TV show. Like, people, you want people to fondly remember it. Um, and yeah. That's uh, like like both endings of Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would say Twin Peaks is the type of show you don't need to end positively. I mean, that's not, I wouldn't say it's in that category. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, I mean, how, uh, how would you rate the, the, how would you rate your decision to say yes when I asked you to do this podcast out of 10? You know, like I think about like all the times um, that like, you know, I raced home to do something or to like, you know, hop on and watch this stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, sometimes it was like, it was difficult, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's a life that we live in. We're always rushing around and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, most of the time when I watched the show, it was like a welcome little escape. You know, it was like a nice little uh, hour, 45 minutes of uh, positivity and um and yeah and then getting to talk to you for an hour and a half every week mm-hmm. a couple of times a week yeah. um you know it's been a very fulfilling experience and yeah. i'm glad that i uh did it i'm glad that i asked you i think that this, this show has been a lot of fun um there's a lot of great bits and i think we are i would say that we are lifelong friends because of the show um we, we talk way too much about dumb shit um I think that, uh, yeah, and, um, you know, I thank you for anyone who's listened. Um, I don't know how many yeah. people there still are, but you guys, we <laughs> love you, seriously. Um, and um, we're not sure what we'll be doing next. Um, I at least want to take the holiday season to think about it. Because I, as I, it's funny, when I was actually waiting for you to get on the call with Andy, he asked me that question. Because, of course, that's a Hollywood thing. It's, what are you doing next? Um, that actually wasn't an impression of him. That was an impression of an agent. But um, that... right. No, it actually was, but anyway, that uh, the answer I gave is that the reason I want to do this show is because this was the podcast that I would have loved to listen to if it didn't already exist, and that's what I made, made me feel really passionate about it, and I don't mm-hmm. want to just come up with something for the sake of coming up with something. I would want to come up with something that I feel the same way about, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. So yeah, we'll discuss that privately, but um, more important than that, Andre, we're going to follow you on Twitter. I think I got like one follow this whole thing. No, hey. well, you no mean your account's private, so you know. Not anymore. Okay. No, I wasn't. I I did it privately for like a little bit just because I was scared about some shit at work. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you could follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at Jay Christie. It's just a thing you say at the end of podcast. And normally I would say, uh, you know, more importantly, tune in next week, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I would say just more importantly, you know, if you're someone who loves Monk, share Monk with people. Um, it's a great show. I think that there are a lot of people like Andre who understandably are skeptical of a 2000s cable procedural show. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm not being j- j- joking. No, 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 I think no, that, no. It, and I yeah. think that it's a really, it's a really positive, and really genuinely good show. And um, I don't know, this has been a fucking amazing thing to do. Uh, and so for Andre Barrera, I've been Jay Christie. Uh, give me it one last time, actually, Andre. I think we said last time would be the last time, but give me it one more time. Let's get monkey. Let's get monkey.